Thank you, Pastor Ben. Thank you, church, for inviting us to come today and missions board and committees and all the people that made all this wonderful things happen, all the missions pictures, and it's just, it's incredible to be in a church that, that clearly loves missions, and it's uh, great to be with you this morning. Um, like you said, uh, I'm Nathaniel, and this is my wife, Janae, and I've got uh, a few slides I want to show you. This, this is our family right here. We've got three kids, um, six, five now, and one. Azariah is our oldest uh, in, in the middle there, and then Eliana over here on the left, and Isabella on the right. Yeah, so like, um, like Pastor Ben shared, for the last 10 years, we were youth pastors in Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, we met at and graduated from Trinity Bible College. Angie and I were actually roommates my freshman year, but like Pastor Ben mentioned, we went on AIM trips together. I'm from Howard, South Dakota originally, so we've got South Dakota blood. Nathaniel is from Ellendale, just right up the road. He shared in Sunday school this morning, um, just that, you know, Aberdeen almost feels like home because that's where Walmart was, and that's where the movie theater was, and that's where all the things were. Um, but yeah, for the last 10 years, we have been youth pastors in Rapid City, and we absolutely loved it. We were not looking to leave. We had the best team of staff we worked with. We had an incredible youth group. God was doing amazing things. It was the most our students last year that they'd ever given to Speed the Light. Um, so many kids were coming to God. Our lives were just really, really going great. And then um, God kind of turned our whole worlds upside down by this, this story we're going to tell you. So. Well, yeah, in one of those amazing events that we get to take our youth to is National Fine Arts, and it's just a it's an incredible time where we can we encourage our kids to to use their talents for Jesus, and we develop those skills. But we also have the the incredible opportunity to go to our national youth convention with thousands of other kids in the room, going after the Lord, going after His presence. And uh, every year they're strategic, and it's kind of like camp and conventions. We really try to focus with the kids' salvation one night, and then Holy Spirit baptism and calling. And well, at, every year at National Fine Arts, we do a, a mission service, and they encouraged us, to, even the leaders, to respond this year. And a guy by the name of Brian Webb uh, was given the the opportunity to speak, and that's kind of when things begin to change for us. Yeah, so every year at National Fine Arts, we, we would respond to the missions call, and we would go forward, and we would tell God, you have our yes. Like, yes, God, will go. Yes, God, we want to do missions. Where do you want us to go? And he never said anything, and so we just stayed faithful where we were in Rapid City. Um, but this last year, he gets up to speak, Brian Webb does, and it's this whole huge long sermon all about how hard missions is where he's at in Pacific Oceania and all the difficulties that come with missions there. And so Nathaniel comes to me at the end of service like we do every single year. He's like, all right, let's go forward. And I was like glued to my chair. I'm like, no, like who, who in their right mind would sign up for that? Who in their right mind would do that? And so we did not respond to the altar. Um, in that moment, I was really starting to count the cost because in my mind, missions was always going to be somewhere in Central. America that spoke Spanish that was safe and familiar, not in the middle of an ocean on an island where, you know, in some of the countries there were cannibals like 30 years ago. And so I was just really counting the cost. I'm like, God, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not, that's not missions. That's not what I want to do. At the start of that service, though, um, Janae was, uh, we, we'd gotten a text message from my brother. My brother actually is a pastor here in, in, at Freedom. Uh, don't know, if you don't know Pastor John, he's my younger brother, and uh, we get together, we get along really well. We, we've been really close over the years, and he, he felt the call to ministry as well. And so we've been doing this South Dakota thing with Pastor Ben uh, as youth pastors for a number of years now, and we've absolutely enjoyed working together. But his wife uh, was told us this story, and she texted us this story right before the mission service started. Um, 
Pastor Drew had leaned over to, to her during a, a, a prayer service and said, hey, are Nathaniel and Janae, are they called to missions? He, he felt like he was getting a prophetic word, and he said, I just, wow, I just feel that so strongly. It's going to happen soon. So he, he, he has this thing, this story, and, and Heather, she gets led by the Lord to, like, we really believe the timing. She texts us this conversation she's had with Pastor Drew right as this mission service was starting. And then, then the Brian Webb, the, the speaker, he gets up there and said, there are five DYDs or youth pastors in the room. You've already had a call to missions. Well, check. We had that for a long time. But you're going to be going to a place called Pacific Oceana. And I was like, oh, God, is, is this where you want us? I had no idea where, where this place was, but I was, I was intrigued. So, Yeah, so um, long story short, this is where we're going. Um, we fought with God and wrestled with God and tried to run from the call that he was placing on our life. But we knew that this is where, where God was leading us. And so we set up a meeting about a year ago to tell, do like one of the most difficult things, which was telling our senior pastor. They're like spiritual parents to them, and we love them so much. And so our pastor asked us if we would share, you know, that we were going to be leaving with our, our whole staff at our church. We were at a retreat. There's eight of us. And so Nathaniel did that. He said, you know, we feel like God's calling us to be missionaries. And then our pastor asked our worship pastor, said, all right, Pastor Ben, will you share now? And Pastor Ben proceeded to basically repeat what we had already said. He said, we also feel like God is calling us to be missionaries um, to, to Pacific Oceana. And we have been talking to Brian Webb since last May, and we will be resigning from the church to become missionaries. Um, ben. We, we hadn't talked about it. We had, we had no clue. I mean, sometimes you think, okay, well, these, these guys are, you know, they were in the same service, or maybe they were talking together, like, okay, no, we had no clue. We, were, we both felt a call to missions, and we both felt a call to this part of the world. And um, it, it was really interesting. I had no idea that this was, was happening. And we went down in March and to Springfield, Missouri, and we, we, we just went open-hearted, like, God, if you want us to be together, that would be really cool because our families could grow up with our kids together. But we're available to go wherever you want us to. Um, there's some maps out in the hallway. If you look at one of them, there's one for Asia Pacific. There's quite a few islands in this area. I mean, there's 30,000 islands in this part of the world. And so the chances of us landing anywhere near each other was pretty slim, in my opinion. So we, we had these meetings with our incredible, uh, incredible leaders um, with the Assemblies of God World Missions. And as we were praying, as we were talking, they, the, the, the sense in the room when we walked out was, it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. This is not a coincidence that we're sending you guys together. And that's exactly what they did. They're sending us to the same country at the same time, leaving the same church. And it just, it's, it's an incredible, beautiful confirmation. We know that God has called us to this part of the world. Um. Yeah, so just a little bit about the ministry that we'll be doing there. Nathaniel's going to show you guys a map up there, and I'll let him explain it because I'm really, really bad at geography, so he'll show you where we're headed. So here is Pacific Oceana. You can see Australia, um, and there's a lot of little islands that, you, that aren't even on the map here, but here's French Polynesia. Uh, there's an island called Tahiti that a lot of people know about, but there's 118 islands, actually, in this country. You can see here's more of a geographical map. Maybe this thing will work. Maybe it won't. There it is. Okay, so there's there's all those islands. And the next slide. Give it one second. If you want to advance that for me, that would be great. Possibly. There we go. Okay, here we go. Here's all the different islands. There's kind of five groups of islands. Um, right here is Tahiti, and there's an island right across it called Morea. 
Morea is the place where they've purchased some land, and they, uh, they believe that they're going to start a Bible school. They want us to start a Bible school to train uh, pastors and future missionaries. Um, there's also one more picture here, I think, with this map. There's also two other countries. You can see here in New Caledonia, Wallace and Fatuna, next to Australia, right over here. Those are the three countries that speak, speak French. Before we can even go to, to these islands, they're going to send us to France. So we're going to learn French. And since we'll already know French, they want us to minister in, in all three of these places, ultimately, that we would be the goal. Yeah, so just a little bit about the ministry we'll be doing. Um, we'll be working with youth, starting a youth center. Um, currently, 40% of their population is under the age of 25. And so it's just, like Nathaniel calls it, it's a big youth group. Um, but we see it as their baby boomer generation. And if we can change the, the, the trajectory of this generation, we truly believe we'll change the trajectory of this entire country and this entire region. Um, because through this Bible school, we're hoping to train up missionaries and just send them out throughout the whole world. And so not only did God call Nathaniel and I and Pastor Ben and Carly, he also put it in the hearts of a couple from Missouri to go. And so this is, um, sorry, I went a little bit older. This is Don and Serena Sutton. And they'll be working alongside our team as well. And Don, um, his testimony is that he was saved out of a life of addiction. And so he'll be working with us alongside with the youth, like starting addiction recovery programs and things like that. And so we're just super, super excited that God has called all of our team um, for such a time as this in a way that only he could. And we just know that he has incredible plans for this country. Why did God call us now? Janae mentioned that 40% of French Polynesia is under the age of 25. And uh, we believe that if we can reach this giant youth group, like I say, I, it's in my opinion that's a giant youth group, we can really make a difference in this area and for years to come. Um, we have uh, a table out back, and we encourage you to come. Like all missionaries come with their prayer cards. Grab the prayer cards. Put them in a place that... Well, we have a map, and the whole map's covered now. It just has prayer cards completely covering the map. And just spend time praying each morning. Um, I had a guy who was in my youth group, or one of my youth leaders, and every he made a prayer card be, before we even became missionaries for us. It was just, it was like, by faith, you're going to be a missionary. And I, I so appreciated that about him. But it's, it's important when you do your devotions, pray for our missionaries. Pray as, as, as they go. Um, we also have a, a goal. We have a, a big goal of raising our funds. Every missionary comes with a monthly support budget, and, and they also come with a cash budget. And so once those are at 100%, we can go, and, and we can go to language school and we begin, begin this process. We're about six months in. At the end of the month, we'll be six months, and we're at 37%. So my goal is by the end of the month, if we can be at 50%, that would be awesome in monthly support. Um, at, we're at 70% with our cash, and so churches like yours that have already decided to, to pick us up, we're, we're very grateful. Thank you so much for, for giving to missions and supporting us. Yeah, we just believe that missions is a partnership, and so he already shared two of the ways that you can help us by praying for us um, and by supporting us financially. Um, but the third challenge that I just want to leave you guys with today is asking God, like, personally, what is your role in missions? Because we believe that everybody is called to go. And so if in your heart, if you don't feel like God has called you to, to sell everything you own and move to the middle of the ocean on the other side of the world, 
then you need to ask yourself, who has God called me to? Because if you confess that you're a Christian and you believe that the Bible is God's word, then you should believe in the Great Commission, that we should all be reaching the lost. And so again, if we, we truly believe that if God hasn't called you to become a missionary on the other side of the world, he's called you right where you are. And so this morning, that's the last challenge that I want to leave you with before Nathaniel preaches, is to look around at who God is calling you to. Pastor Ben and Pastor Joni and Pastor Sterling, they have an incredible vision to reach Aberdeen. But guess what? That's not their job. Their job is to equip you, but the people that God has put in each of your lives, that is your missions field. And there are people on your street, there's people in your families, there's people at Walmart. That's your mission field. That is your job to tell them about Jesus and to accomplish the Great Commission. It doesn't just take missionaries going overseas, and it doesn't just take pastors leading churches. It takes every single one of us working together. And so like on the back of our prayer card, it says, he has our yes, meaning like we've given our lives to God. We've given and him our yes. And so our challenge for you guys this morning is give God your yes. Who is he calling you to reach and what is he calling you to do with your life? Thank you guys so much um, for listening to us this morning and letting us share our hearts. Thank you, sweetheart. I'll let you take over. Thank you. Well, if you guys would grab your Bibles today, I have the incredible privilege of bringing the word. And I've been preaching a a message I've entitled Aggressive Trust. And I think that in these days, if we don't get aggressive in our trust for the Lord, um, we won't be able to take the kingdom of God. We won't be able to take the, the kingdom of God advances because of those that are forceful, right? We need to be aggressive in our trust for the Lord to see big things happen. Um, Aggressive trust, I've entitled, I've, I've kind of defined this way. It's a trust that puts your life on the line for God to show up and give him space to move. We get, sometimes we, we get worried about awkward pauses or we get worried about praying for somebody or something to happen and, and we, just, we just move on and we don't wait. Sometimes we need to pause and just let, hey, God, would you just heal this person right now? And give him time to move. Give him time to work in your life. And trust that he wants to. And that he's all powerful. And he can handle a little thing. And he can handle a big thing. Today we're going to talk about that trust as it relates to three guys that many of you guys probably know. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So if you want to turn your Bible to Daniel chapter 3. And we'll re be reading verses 16 through 18. But before we do that, I, I, I want to give you a little background background about these guys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how many of you guys know their original Hebrew name, their given name? Anybody? Their names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We've na we named our first son Azariah. It means God is my help. Um, these three guys were given new names. Why? Because the Babylonian Empire had taken over all of these territories uh, much like the Roman Empire that many of us are famili familiar with, but the Babylonian Empire was the big dog at that time. So the Babylonian kingdom, the Babylonian king, he was essentially the king of the entire world. He was the king of kings, so to speak. He was the one that ruled everything at the time, and Israel was one of the countries that was taken into captivity. These three guys, these three Hebrew boys, were... Were, were people that stood out um, among, the, among the rest. And they were given places of leadership. They were given positions of authority. They were given places of influence. And they kind of rose to the top because God's favor was on them. 
And one thing I like to point out was that these three guys, even though they were given new food, they were given new clothes, and they were given new names, that identity of who they were was never tarnished. They knew that they were the Lord's. They knew their upbringing. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, something that the kingdom, the, this king of the world could change just because he tried to put all these things on them. And I think much like us, that's, that's how we are in the world as Christians. There's stuff all around us. There's influences of Hollywood. There's influences of our, of our phone. There's influences of secular jobs and, and all of those things. But how are we going to live in a world that desperately needs Jesus? Today, let's look at Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, where they had set up this altar, or set up this giant image, rather. And this king, in his blown-up ego, decides that everybody should bow down and worship this image that he had made, that this is the God that everybody should worship. So as the music began to play... Everybody was instructed to bow down and worship this golden image, right? Let's read what it says here as, as these three Hebrew boys respond. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. And then the, this is the verse that gets me every time I read it. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve you or your gods or worship the image of gold that you've set up. Wow. Could you say that standing in front of the, the guy that's ruling the entire world? The guy that, that's paying your checks, that's giving you all the stuff and giving you all the influence, giving you all the power, and you're like, no, I can't. I serve somebody different. I serve somebody more powerful. I have this identity in me that is not like what you're trying to make me to be. And he says, I can't. And I trust in God, and even if he doesn't show up, I still trust in him. That's the type of trust. That's aggressive trust that I'm trying to get you to understand today. And really, the, the first point I want to make is that the first step into developing this aggressive trust, how do we get there? We first have to know Jesus. It's, it's simple Christianity. We've got to know him. We've got to know the voice. We've got to know Jesus intimately, deeply. The faith that those Hebrews showed in the face of death came from that solid foundation, their belief in God. Psalm 91, it says in verses 14 through 16, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. I will, he will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Isaiah 43, 2, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And, and when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not set you ablaze. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm sure, sensed fear in that moment. But they had a holy fear for the Lord that was greater than what any man or person could do to them. If we look in Philippians how does Paul describe it? In Philippians 1.19, he says, I know that through your prayers 
and God's provision of the spirit of, of Jesus Christ, what's happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. See, Paul had been suffering. Paul had been persecuted. Verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. And that verse that many of us know, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. What does that verse talk about? Here's the deal. If we live for Christ, we get to spend our lives for him. People get to see that in us. They see the joy. They see the change. And they get to be changed as a result. Are we living our lives that way? Do people gain our lot, gain Jesus by the way we live, by the way we act? And then here's the other thing. If we die, we get Jesus anyways, right? If we love Jesus, we get, him, we get him in heaven. We get to spend eternity with him. So whether we live or we die, we get Jesus. The second step is this, and we're in Assembly God Church, right? We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Unashamedly need the power that comes from the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, when you receive the power that comes from the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it will give you boldness for what? To be a witness. It'll give you power to, be, to have power for what? Not power just to be powerful, but power to, have, to be a witness. So many people that I've talked to in the younger Younger generations are becoming more and more Bible illiterate, right? It's our job to continue to pass on the word. And one of those important passages that, that our young people, and, and if you don't know it, Matthew chapter 28, right? The Great Commission. What's all this about? Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. We can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us daily with his power. You see, when we, when we get saved, the, power, the Holy Spirit comes inside and makes us a brand new person, right? But there is another event called the baptism in the Holy Spirit that these disciples went and spent time praying and waiting and seeking and knowing that God was going to fill them. That should be our response if we've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's linger with the Lord. Let's pray. Let's spend time on our faces asking God, God, would you fill me with your power? Would you baptize me in your spirit so that I can do things that are beyond my normal ability? I don't have the, uh, the, the right motivations in and of myself. I don't have the right energy level. I don't have the right ambitions. I don't have the right goals without the Holy Spirit coming inside and making everything different, making everything new, giving me everything that I need so that I can accomplish the mission, the great commission that he's placed before us. Now, it's not just for a missionary, right? This, is, this wasn't written, missionaries, listen up. This was believers, disciples of Jesus, those that follow Jesus. This was for each one of us. It's not just for pastors and missionaries to do the work of the ministry. Our job is to equip. Our job is to go. Our job is to travel, to establish churches everywhere it's not. 
to build the kingdom of God, to see the kingdom of God come. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you, maybe at one point in your life, we had a, we had a girl that had been praying for years in our, in our youth ministry. God, would you fill me with the Holy Spirit? Go to the camps and go to conventions. And every year she'd be praying and, and she'd just get disappointed. And I, I feel so bad because it's, I don't baptize. It's God that baptizes. It's Jesus that baptizes us in his Holy Spirit. And I, I just felt bad because for whatever reason she wasn't receiving the Holy Spirit. Well, here just about a month, month and a half ago, we were having some special prayer services throughout the week. She came and, and it was nothing special. Just just prayed and, and she received the Holy Spirit. And I just, I was overjoyed. I was like, finally she got what she'd been praying for. Now, I know that some of us have been praying for things for a long time. Whether it might be a, a you know, a loved one that has, has run away from the Lord. Maybe it's whatever it might be. I want to encourage you, keep praying. Keep believing. Keep seeking God because he's the one that answers our prayers. And believe that he's working when you pray. Not someday. He is working. Every time you pray, he's working on your behalf. He's working in the supernatural. He's working and doing things that we can't see. And when the Holy Spirit comes, it's, it sounds kind of like, oh, what, what does that mean? What is it? There's, there's maybe some scariness to those that have never received him. But there's, not, there's nothing to be scared about. It's just God giving, wanting to give us his gift of power so that we can minister to a world that so desperately needs Jesus. The last step um, in this aggressive trust that I see is that it it requires instant obedience. I, you know, I, I've got young kids now, and I'm starting to understand. It's it's nice when they just listen the first time, right? But it doesn't happen. I was over at Pastor Ben and Angie's house last time. I was like, I was. We were very impressed. Like, what are we doing wrong? They're amazing parents. Like they're doing so so many good. Th- like they teach their kids when they say something, they do it. God's looking for kids like that. God's looking for us like that. That we will we'll just do it when when He asks us to do something. Right? He doesn't want us to do it half because half obedience is really disobedience. He doesn't want us to do it late because delayed obedience is disobedience. Right? But when He calls us to do something large or small, now. Now is the time. Now is the time for you to get up and do it. Not just to sing it. Not just to believe it. Not just to share it in your small group. But to get out of the walls. To get out of the, of the Christian comfortable circle that we have. And go to the world that needs it. Aberdeen needs it. All these towns surrounding it needs it. Our farming community needs it. The, the, the people that come out from outside need it. They need Jesus, and you have Jesus, so share him. Do it in power, and do it when he calls instantly. Psalm 119, verse 60 says, I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands, right? That's what the psalmist says. In, in, in Genesis chapter 12, we look at Abram, and when he was called, remember Father Abraham, we sing that song, right, with the kids, when he was called, verse 4, it says, he went. I love it. It's so simple. So Abram went. There was, there was no delay. He just did it. He just obeyed simply. That's so simple. Doing what God wants you to do is so simple. But it's also very hard. Sometimes those things can be very hard. 
And I know that's why sometimes we delay in our obedience. But in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 24, it says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Every day, not just Sundays, not just when we have a good day, every single day. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Let's, go, let's look back to see what happened with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in verse 24, Daniel chapter 3, 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around the fire unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the royal advisors crowded around him. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Isn't it amazing what happens? When we obey. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Then he promoted them, right? He promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Wow. What could your obedience do? What could your instant obedience do? What doors could it open? What lives could be changed? How could that affect, how could that be answering the Great Commission? Is our simple yes. No longer do we have the luxury to simply have a timid faith, right? The darker the world gets, and it is getting darker, the brighter the light in us should shine. I remember going into a cave in the Black Hills. Maybe some of you have done that before. And I remember going through the tour, and I, I like those little cave tours that you go down in the depths, and some have elevators, and some have hundreds or thousands of stairs. And, and that tour guide, I love that when the tour guide, they're like, okay, we ha they have the nice little light system throughout, but they have a little breaker system, and they, they can shut off those lights, right? It's the darkest dark you'll ever see. You can't see your hand in front of your face. You look for it, and you're like, I can't see anything, Right? You turn off that light and it's dark. You can't see anything. But just a small little match can be blinding. That's the faith I'm talking about. It doesn't take much, but it does shine bright in a dark place. And that's us. That's you. That's the person sitting next to you. We don't have the luxury of hiding anymore because the darkness is getting darker. And our light needs to shine brighter. Ma Matthew 24, 12 through 14 says, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. That's the unfortunate truth of the end times. But the one who stands firm to the end, you'll be saved. 
and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We have a responsibility to our Jerusalem. We need to be there. We need to be here. We need to be doing that. But I think missions in its purest form is the Great Commission. All people, everywhere. And I think today I'm talking to you more about missions abroad. Missions in places that have never heard. I don't know if you know this or can believe this, but there's places in Papua New Guinea and and these different places, even in the Pacific, tribes and places that are tucked away that have still never heard of Jesus, never heard the name. There's languages that have never had the Bible translated into into their language yet. And we need people to go. Maybe you're one of them. Or maybe you're somebody that can fervently pray for those people groups, for missionaries to go, to be sent, for God to wake the, these tribal people up in the night, and they, they don't know how to explain it, but there's this guy in white that told them that they need to have Jesus come into their, to their lives, right? We have a responsibility to the gospel everywhere, to all people. Every single one of us have a responsibility to that. We do it through our missionaries. We do it through our prayers. We do it through our going whether it's short-term or for a lifetime. Ask God today, before you leave, what's my response to this? How can I play a part in this? 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, uh, continues to talk about all the things that's going to happen, um, the terrible times in the last days. I, I, I do want to skip ahead to 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 17. Paul's talking to Timothy as he's at the end of his life. He's kind of instructing him, here, this is what you need to do. He said, Timothy, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience. He's, he's really kind of given him, you carry on my, this legacy that I've started. You've seen my life all this time. Carry on my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, endurance, persecutions, and sufferings. What kind of things happened to me at Antioch? He says in verse 12, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Well, that's an encouraging verse, right? (laughs) But it's true. While evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and become convinced of, because you know those whom from you learned it. And now from infancy, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And that verse that we should all know, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. We need to know the Word of God. We need to have the Word of God in us. We need to hide it in us so that at the moment we need it, it's there. So that the servant of God, in verse 17, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The last two verses in your Bible are in Revelation, verses 20 and 21. And I really just want to focus on this. I'm coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming back for a bride. He's coming back for his bride, and it's us. It's his church. And the only thing that will last in this life our souls. It's not money. It's not popularity. It's not what people think of you. 
It's not anything else. It's not no empire that we can build. It's only Jesus. It's only people being saved. What's done for Christ will last. Everything else perishes. Jesus is coming for what he paid for, right? He paid for everything on the cross. What else does Jesus have to do? He's done it all. He's paid it all. He's paid everything he has. The only thing left is for us to be activated in this mission that we need to cooperate with him in. We're his plan A for the world. He, you're, you're God's plan A for the people that you know in your life. There's people that will never step foot in this church that you have access to. What can you do? How can you begin to pray for them now? Think about, we, even in youth ministry, we have this all the time. Think of five friends you can pray for at your, at your schools. There's mission fields right in our schools that we don't have access to. As youth pastors, we don't have readily access to. But there's mission fields where you're at. I don't know your context. I don't know the places you go. But you do. You know those people by name, by first name. And some of them, you know their stories. Let's start with the relationships we have to share the gospel of Jesus He's done something extraordinary in our lives. Let's invite people to have that same story in their lives. When, once we begin to generously give ge and, and pray fervently and begin to share the gospel, it changes us on the inside. God wants us to know him. He has given us his spirit, and he wants us to be obedient instantly. He has already commissioned all of us to preach the gospel, to make disciples in all nations. So what's the holdup? Let's get after it. Let's get aggressive. How's our trust today? Are we getting after it, or has something grown, grown cold? Has something happened in our life that kept us back? Today I want to encourage you. If you don't know Jesus, you can. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit yet, and you've stopped praying, I want to encourage you to pray again today if god is you know god is calling you to do something whether it's something crazy or if it's just something simple i want you to i want you to pray about god help me to do it help me to do that and forgive me for delaying in my in, in that call i want to pray with you just pray a prayer over you and if any of that if any of that has spoken to you i'm going to give you just an opportunity to to pray right where you're at we're going to make an altar right where we're at and say, God, help me with those things, right? So let's bow our heads right now and let's close our eyes. And I'm just going to pray over you and then I'll invite Pastor Ben here to come up just in a moment. But I want you to, I want you to pray, God, how am I supposed, to, what's my part in the Great Commission? Do I know you yet? I really want to know you, whether you're in this room or you're listening online. Do I know Jesus? Do I know of today? If I died today, if I'd go to heaven, today is your day to come to Jesus. If you want, if you want to be saved, pray, pray with me. Lord, come into my heart. Come into my, my life. I give you full permission and access to change everything about me. I commit to you to follow you for the rest of my life. And if you pray a prayer similar to that, you acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Salvation has come into your life today. We, we celebrate with you. But if you're here today and you have lacked the power, you've lacked the ability 
to do things for Jesus in a powerful way and you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to pray for you as well. Lord, I pray for everyone that has, has been praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, has not yet received it. I pray today that they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And for those that have, have it's been a long time, I pray for a refilling right now too. In Jesus' name. May you re refill us with your Spirit. Engage us in the, in the Great Commission today. And lastly, for those that feel a calling, whether it's to ministry or God is calling you to do something specific, I pray today for those that have yet to activate their faith with their actions. And I pray today would be the day that they have the courage, they'd have the boldness, they'd make the time, they'd make the priority today to follow you with their yes, with their unconditional, unqualified simple yes we make that our prayer today help us to know how we can respond to the mission that you've put in our lives to reach the world for Jesus we love you and we commit our lives to you today in a fresh way in Jesus name for sharing that word. Aggressive trust. That's something that you need, not just as a missionary, but every person. We need to aggressively trust Jesus in everything we do. We need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need God to use us uh, to make this, fulfill this great commission that God has given us. God's so good, and there's a lot of people out there to reach. So today, we want to give you the opportunity uh, not only to uh, partner with our missionaries in prayer, but partner, partner with them through financial support. Uh, so I want to give you an opportunity right now, and, and you can see the instructions. They'll be, be on the screen. Uh, but if you want to bless this couple and help them get to French Polynesia and help them spread the word and start those youth centers and start a Bible school uh, over there, it's going to be an incredible thing. Then I encourage you to give today. Uh, in the back of the pew in front of you, there are offering envelopes. You can fill that out and just mark missionary on it, or you can put Molins on it, drop it in the offering plate before you go. Uh, you can also text to give. Uh, the instructions there are, again, on the screen. Just type missionary in there, and uh, it'll go directly to them today. If you're online, you can give online, or again, through text. And so thank you so much uh, for doing, but let's, let's just pray for this offering today. Jesus, God, we thank you. God, thank you for the, the means to give. God, thank you that we can, we can bless this couple that you have called, that we can send them off and, and get them on the field. And God, we just pray for every dollar that's given today, that you would use it. God, that you'd multiply it, use it to do incredible things. God, that, that people uh, on, on these islands in French Polynesia would be reached, that, that this next generation would be trained up, God, and sent out to reach people on their islands and, and people across this world. So, God, would you do incredible things uh, through the Molins as, as we send them out today. Bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anything that's not marked or otherwise will be, will be going to the Molins. So if you want to mark tithes or something on there, you can do that as well. But anything not marked or that's marked missionary or, or Molins, it will go directly to the Molins this morning. Well, today, uh, again, with missionaries, we never want to send them out without prayer. And uh, so a couple things. 
Number one, be sure to check out their booth before you leave today. Grab a prayer card and uh, take that home. Put it on your dresser. We're praying for them every day. Uh, again, as they're, they're raising support uh, through hopefully this summer, they'll be at 100% and then uh, get to go off to language school for a year and then on to the islands. And, and God's going to use them in incredible ways. Uh, second way, Nathaniel and Janae, would you just come just right down in the middle here? And would everybody just stand with us? And we just ask, uh, could we have several people just gather around? We want to lay our hands on, on Nathaniel and Janae, and we want to send them off in prayer this morning. Uh, we believe that God is going to do incredible things. Uh, if you don't come on up, just extend your hand out, and let's pray for these precious people. Jesus, we thank you, God, so much, again, for our missionaries that you have called. God, that you are sending out across the earth. God, this wasn't their plan. This wasn't their idea. But God, we know that it is your plan. God, we know it is your calling on their life. So God, we pray that you would bless them. God, bless their family. Bless their kids. God, they're, they're not just kids who have missionary parents. They're missionary kids. They're going to be reaching the lost as well. So God, I pray that you would bless them. That you would equip them with everything that they need. God, when they get over to the islands, that, that they would realize, oh God, you've already equipped us to do what you've called us to do. We pray for open doors. God, when they get to those islands, God, that this Bible school would be built, that many students would already be in line waiting to, to come in and learn and grow so they could be sent out. God, we pray that the, the youth that they're going to be reaching and, and helping people in, in difficult situations, God, we just pray that you give them the wisdom, give them the right words to share. God, we pray that your word would just be opened to this island. God, that many more churches would be planted beyond the eight that are already there. God, that you would just grow from island to island that word would spread. God, all across these nations, all across uh, Oceania Pacifica, God, we just pray that you would move in the name of Jesus. And we pray you bless the Molins. God, be with them, strengthen their, their marriage, strengthen their resolve. God, that, that you would just move them, move in and through them. God, you'd help them to raise all the, the, the monthly support that they need. Oh, God, would you just bless them. Build the team up around them. God, as you're building up a team to reach this nation, and we thank you that we get to be a part. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We'll be sure to, to meet these missionaries, shake their hands, hug them, and I can't wait for three years from now when they get to come back and share the report of all that God's done in French Polynesia. Have an incredible week, and uh, we will see you on Wednesday night. We'll see you next Sunday.